0: Hey, it's another episode of the broadcast podcast. Can you believe you need it?
1: I can actually, yeah, because we've been recording so many. I know, and I they can't were. wait for people to hear them all. I know, really <laughs> excited.
0: It's like it's fun to get back in the studio. I feel like we shook off the rust. Yeah, we totally well. did.
1: We if for people that. Just tuning in. We've been uh, recording all day, so in the beginning, I think Kim and I were just both sort of like, "What are we doing? How? <laughs> do, what this is this? Microphone? Is this a microphone?" And now we're like, "Hey, everybody, what's up?" Like we're back in it's the groove, so cool. which is very exciting. And yeah, it's always like, just exciting to get to be together. And mm-hmm. also, I don't know about you, but I'm just always so inspired by the incredible women yeah. that we have on this show and their stories. Every time, I I'm just blown away, and I'm always just feeling so lucky and so privileged to get to hear. These amazing, yeah, amazing women's Lucky stories.
0: Lucky is the word too, because to get a half an hour of any busy woman's—I know, really—some of them are multitasking. They're like typing while yeah, they're talking. Exactly. They're like, no, 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 guys, it's fine. I right. can keep doing this it's exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all always excited and, and, and grateful to our guests for making time to come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. But before we get to today's guest, we're going to get the housekeeping out of the way. Um, on social media, where we are very social, you can mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter at broadcastpgh. You can find us on Facebook at the broadcast underscore pgh. Instagram, we are thebroadcast underscore PGH, and our website is broadcast-podcast.com. And Natalie, if people want to support the show, how can they do
1: that? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked, him. If you would like to support the show, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash broadcastpgh. And you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you'd like to sponsor or otherwise partner with the show, which of course we the would LKF. love. <laughs> yes. We would love to talk to you. And you can drop us a line at broadcastpgh at gmail.com. And we would like to thank our uh, Patreon patrons, including Lisa Earl, Teresa Kaufman, and a few people that are anonymous, but we appreciate the
0: love. We don't, we, we appreciate the donations, even if yes. you don't want to say who you are. Exactly. Yes. The love is not anonymous. Well, it's universal. The love I was is... trying to say something profound there and just get stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want you to do the next It's okay. <laughs> Segways are your department. I'm just going to stop it.
1: <laughs> you should just stick to your strength, Kim. I know. I know, Kim. I know. You have so many. I do. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> Segways don't have to be one of them our poor guest but is speaking like speaking of segways. Did I get exactly we have jennifer
0: march <laughs> we She's do family yes. house and, and i'm super excited about this. i am too because it's powerhouse an organization that i feel like people should know more people should know about mm-hmm, i so agree so she is going to help us fill in the blanks for people who don't know who aren't yes. familiar and themselves. she is the executive
1: director at family house and hi jennifer
2: hi thank you for having me <laughs> oh, Thanks for coming. thanks for sitting through that <laughs> uh, very entertaining for
1: me <laughs> We're so happy that you're here and looking very stylish, I might add. I know. Oh my gosh, that's really funny it's that you true. say that. It's true. Your little tank and your little shrug <laughs> and the white jeans. She's in her summer jeans. I love it. You know,
2: it. it's Memorial Day weekend. Right? It's,
1: it's time for the white. Yep. I'm all about it. Yeah. But uh, on to more important things. Cuz Kim's giving me the side <laughs> eye as fine. she it's always okay. does nope, when I it's talk. All right. It's
0: true. I expect a certain amount of fashion talk. I've come <laughs> to accept it. Charm. That's part of my charm. I It is. I,
1: but can you tell us a little bit about, not just Family House, but let's start a little bit further back. How did you even get your start in the uh, nonprofit world? Sure. So
2: I am actually not a native of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I moved here from Washington, D.C., and that was my first um, foray into the professional life out of college, but also into the nonprofit
1: okay. sector.
2: So It was my first work experience, and I wasn't really sure if that was going to be the direction I would take forever. Um, When I moved to Pittsburgh, I dipped my toe into corporate America and realized quite quickly that it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though the pay can be better and all of that, it just wasn't what drove me to want to go to work every day. So back into the nonprofit sector, I went and moved here in 1990, and it's been quite an interesting and wonderful ride to watch Pittsburgh transform, um, the funding landscape for nonprofits transform. But I started out at WQED.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, which was great. That's
1: so cool. What did you do there?
2: I was in the outreach department, okay. um, working for actually Ricky Wirtz, who's a local icon. But I didn't know that, so you know, because I wasn't from here. And um, oh, we yeah. have
1: our own celebrities here. Yes, <laughs> for sure. We like care way more about you know Mr. Rogers than if you know Vin Diesel's yes. in town. Like, like who well, cares? Well, and I
2: have to say that Mr. Rogers. I grew up on Mr. Rogers. I had no mm-hmm. idea he was a Pittsburgher. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I got to ride the elevator with him sometimes. I was, you know, I was speechless and a dumb fan and all of that (laughs) stuff. But he, um, he literally would look at you and say it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood
1: and he meant it. So that's clearly why you never looked back once (laughs) you got here was your experience. (laughs) You're just like, I'm here. That's right. Yeah. I've discovered. Yep.
2: So, so after WQED, um, I ended up at the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra working in their development department.
1: Okay. And
2: that, was my pinnacle experience um, because I met my people mm-hmm. there.
1: And, and what do you mean when you mean people?
2: I met my people. So mm-hmm. um, y- you probably know some of my people. Mm-hmm. Lucas Deli was my first person that I met there, and um, a couple of others in the marketing department. I was mm-hmm. in development; they were in marketing. But to this day, so that was the early '90s. We are still, you know, the best of friends. That's and- awesome. But also just being, I felt so, I feel still so lucky that I landed in the arts and cultural district of Pittsburgh because it opened up my eyes to this city in mm-hmm. a way that I wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. When I lived in DC prior to coming here, if you wanted to buy a ticket to a show or um, go to you know, Kennedy Center, for example, or to a museum, it was, you had to really plan ahead and you know, save your money and hope you didn't come down with a sinus infection, for example. <laughs> um, but here, everything's so accessible. You mm-hmm. can decide at the last minute that you want to do something cool and fun. And it's just, that's what I love so much about Pittsburgh, among other things, is the accessibility to the arts and culture and everything else we have here. Yeah. It's great. So, so yeah. So, the symphony was sort of a turning point for me. When I, mm-hmm. when I got here, it was like, now I have my people, I love my job, I love Pittsburgh, and... um from there, it just evolved.
1: So, how did you end up at Family House?
2: So, while well, let's see, from from you can the tell symphony, somebody. oh yeah. Story. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it's not too okay. Um, <laughs> from the symphony, I went to Carnegie Museums of Pittsburgh, uh-huh. and I was there for eight years, and I was a director of development there, and. During that time, I joined the board of directors of the Children's Home of Pittsburgh, and and that was in 2000 when I joined the board of the Children's Home, and so that was my first experience in uh, a nonprofit that is health and human services oriented, a bit of healthcare involved there, Um, and then I joined the staff of the Children's Home in 2013. So I was on the staff for four years after having been involved there for for a lot of years. And so Family House is also in that same realm Mm -hmm. of serving families who are in a medical situation, a medical crisis, Mm -hmm. um, needing support from the community. And so it was a natural transition from the children's home to Family House. I wasn't so sure that I was ready for the leadership role as executive director, but it was, and it was quite a process to learn that.
1: Why were you not sure?
2: I felt confident that that I knew that I was interested in the job, Mm -hmm. but I also knew that I had to be humble enough to recognize Mm -hmm. that I've never reported directly to a board of directors before. I also... I, I also knew enough to know, okay, you think you know Family House, but like right. anything else, once yeah. you get inside, it's a lot, a lot big. It's so much bigger mm-hmm. than it looks. And um, But I have to say, after eight job, inter- eight interviews for the position, four months eight? of... Yeah, it was, a, oh it was my gosh. a bit grueling and intense. And people apologized to me later for it. But <laughs> I was thankful because I said, you know what you're getting, and I know what I'm getting right. at yeah, this point. Right. Yep. So... Um, But I would say that jumping into the role at Family House, I could not have been more fortunate to have so much support around me, people who, on the staff, on the board, volunteers, who said, here, this is information that I think is going to help you be successful. I think Mm -hmm. you need to learn this. I think you need to know this and you don't always get that in a new job. So it was a really, um, it was a quick trajectory upward in terms of my knowledge and understanding, but it was, it's been great. So it's been a little bit over a year and I'm finally at the point where I feel like, okay, this is, you know, I got this. That's
1: awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. So for people who don't know Family Houses, tell us about because there's a lot of we're fortunate in Pittsburgh. We have a lot of agents that help families mm. and children. That's right. And so there's a lot of different sort of niche areas that each one serves. Yes. What it was Family House? How do you fit into that sort of ecosystem of
2: So Family House services? is very unique in that our our service population are not native Pittsburghers. These are people who are traveling to Pittsburgh for medical treatment, medical care, medical procedures, because pitch, Pittsburgh is such a hub. Mm-hmm. So, and and you could be traveling, you might live an hour away, you might live a car ride, you know, four hours away, or an airplane ride away. You might be from Washington, PA, or Washington State, um, or from another country. We serve 22,000 people annually. Mm-hmm. And so Family House is a home away from home, home. Um, We provide a a loving, supportive atmosphere and accommodations for people. So we have three houses in operation, a total of 130 guest rooms, and um, our houses are all located in the Shadyside, Oakland area. We serve all hospital systems. So UPMC, AHN, the VA is a partner of ours as well. And so, like I said, we serve 22,000 people who come to us every year.
1: Did you know that you wanted to be an executive director early I on? I
2: did not. I knew that I wanted to do something that gave me pride and satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved my job at the children's home for sure, and I was not looking to leave it. Mm-hmm. So this opportunity fell into my lap and and by a trusted friend who also knows the landscape and said, you really need to throw your hat in the ring. Hmm. I will say this. I had seen the position online, mm-hmm. and it caught my eye, mm-hmm. and I went back and looked at it a few times, <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I scope it out. I, yeah. I literally thought, I hope they find the right person because I knew their former executive directors, and and um, you know what, there's only been a handful, right, and what. A wonderful organization it is. And I thought, man, I hope they find the right person.
0: Never a thinking, legacy. Hey, I'm the right person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's here funny. we are. That's yeah. <laughs> and so 22,000 people annually. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Oh God.
2: It, it's an interesting shift from when Family House started. When Family House started in 1983, it was primarily to serve long-term patients and families who were coming here for transplant because... Yes. We were such a hub of transplant, transplant and that was, you know, that was the largest population at the time. And we had one house on McKee Place. Um, The length of stay back then was a lot longer than it is now. We still have folks who are with us for weeks, months, even years, but the average length of stay is three days. Mm. So Mm. that's why our numbers have gone up in terms of the number of people we serve. Gotcha. Because length of stay is shorter. And that's why we, it's, it's, the onus is on me and my staff to stay on top of these healthcare evolutions and changes so that we make sure we are serving people in the best, in the way that they need us to serve them the most, mm-hmm. because it changes.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you with, with technology and everything else. Are you looking to expand? Are you looking to try to bring some of these services to more of a mobile, you know, how, so how, what are your thoughts
0: for the future? It's
2: a really good question. Um, and the timing is right. I, there was a, an article actually in The Business Times last week I think where it was the first time we've, we've talked publicly about a new service model that we are we just launched. Oh, wow and it's called Seamless Experience And this is a service model whereby we are partnering with certain service lines. so so that means like specific procedures mm. um, that where the patient can really benefit from family house in a way that's very patient-centric, value-based care, which is more and more what healthcare is looking to do, is really Mm -hmm. bring down the stress level of folks because they heal better. And then they readmit less. And then everybody's happy and costs go down and it's a trickle down effect. So the Seamless Experience, um, just to give you an example, we are working with a uh, Tavert procedure, and it, that's a that's a cardiology procedure. Um, so what we offer through Seamless Experience is you can come in the night before your procedure. Let's say you need to be in the OR at five a.m. and let's say you live in Erie. Well, how stressful is it? You're already concerned and stressed because right. you're going to have surgery or your loved one's having surgery. To get in the car at three o'clock in the morning and hope for the best in terms of traffic, <sighs> and weather. then where do we go? Where else? do we check yeah, in? Lost. So. Come in the night before, you check in at Family House, and our staff has been trained to check you in properly to say, okay, here are your pre-surgical soaps. We need to remind you not to eat before midnight. We will let the surgical team know that you're you're here and you're ready to go in the morning. Wow. And then after the procedure, rather than stay in that hospital bed for a couple of days, come over to Family House where it's really calm, really relaxed, and the doctor and the team feel comfortable that you're with us, you're, they're not sending you home too soon, yeah. and they're not forcing you to stay in a, in a loud, disruptive environment either. So then mm. after a day or two, um, some t- we've got technology pieces in place where you can communicate with the team through technology, or they can come over to the house and check on you and, and discharge you from the house. We've retrofitted. A, one of our guest rooms into an exam room, also a rehab room, because we're soon going to be partnering with an orthopedic procedure as well. Mm. So we, we consulted with them to say what kind of equipment should we have in the house for your patients. So we're really excited about this. Mm. And it's a, it's a wonderful partnership. And we're looking to partner with other hospitals as well. Along the same lines. Wow, so how awesome.
0: much do you have to focus on? Because I wonder when you have um, how many people do you typically have in one house at a time? I and mean, is it vary? Or is it is it?
2: So our occupancy runs about seventy five to eighty mm-hmm. percent, and that's where we want it. We yeah. we, we strive to be at eighty percent for yeah. a couple of reasons. A, it's fiscally sound for the organization, mm-hmm. but B, we always want to have rooms available for people. Less there minute. was a time. There was a time when, when Family House was, was full so often that we were turning people away. Yeah. We don't want to do that, yeah. especially in this healthcare environment where there's a lot of quick turnaround. There's a lot of um, outpatient stuff. There's yeah. some trauma. So there people have to make last mm-hmm. minute decisions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so how, how much um, thought is put into how the guests or mm-hmm. guests, is that the right word? Not yep. patients. Yep interact with each other like you want to have That's families it. of young children who are all undergoing the same experience i mean do you yeah. do you sort of plan okay we're going to put this one at this house and we
2: we do that to a certain degree for sure so for example our, our neville house on neville street that is where our the majority of our va mm-hmm. guests yeah. stay and they really bond with each other they sure. talk about their experiences wow. in in the military and mm-hmm. whatnot and um each one of our houses is, has communal spaces. I'd love to give you guys a tour, Mm -hmm. anybody who wants a tour. Yeah. Um, Communal spaces where we have these beautiful large kitchen areas and also living rooms and libraries and places where people can go and gather or go and be by themselves if they need to. Yeah. But that's what really makes the difference and sets us apart from staying in a hotel yeah. um, or staying sleeping in your car or in the waiting room, which people still often oh, yeah, do. Yeah. So we try to get to them so that they know about us. Because Family House is, it's affordable. Mm-hmm. Our prices are less than half of what you would pay at a hotel. And we also have a family assistance program that provides additional subsidy for people. So if you're with us after five days, you get a discount, 30 days, another discount. And if you're income eligible, there's further subsidy that we offer
1: for fees. And how, how do you fund family House? So Family House, we do we
2: fundraise. We are an mm-hmm. independent 501c3 mm-hmm. nonprofit. We raise about $1.2 million a year. Wow. And that's a that's what I call our charitable care. 1.2 million is about what we provide to our guests in terms of the delta between the costs of our rooms and what we charge and all of the support that we provide through family assistance. That's and amazing. we're a four million dollar operation, but one point two is what we raise.
1: And you guys do the polo match each year, yes, correct? Yes, we
2: do. Mark your yes. calendars for September 15th. <laughs> it's a fun day. So much fun. I've covered mm. it quite a few times. Yes, and it's, you have. It's just mm-hmm. a
1: really, it's different because there aren't a lot of polo matches in right, I front. was
2: going to say, I can't <laughs> think I know. The Last time I was invited to do a polo <laughs> match. There really aren't. And and we, we're we so proud of polo. This is actually, Family House's 35th birthday is coming up. It's our 35th year. big one. Year, wow. And it's our 35th polo match. Wow. So we're really excited. We're, we've got a lot of exciting things, you know, t- in place to celebrate that. And um, we made the bold move after 34 years to move the weekend because it had been bumping up against Pitt Penn State and we found that we were losing oh, a lot of people over yeah. mm-hmm. So it's going to be September 15th this year. And we bring in professional polo teams. It's really It's really... Wow. It's, and it's a full day of fun. I mean, where else can you go from 10 o'clock to 4 or 5 o'clock yeah. and... Just to have a blast. It's horses, but it's also so much more. It's also hats. It's hats. It's hats, dogs.
1: It's hats. It's dogs. It's, it's auction fun. Tents, it's food. Food trucks. <laughs> yeah,
2: Champagne.
1: And it's beautiful. Yeah. it's it still at Heartwood Acres? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a beautiful place to, to have it, and it's just an interesting experience. Yeah. So being now the executive director at Family Health – where do you see the trajectory mm-hmm. for philanthropy in Pittsburgh as a whole? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that the the old guard is dying off and people aren't giving in the same way. How do you plan on adapting to that new landscape and trying to harness new, younger energy? Yeah, we
2: are, like so many other nonprofits in, in the community, so fortunate to have so much support from Institutions, the old Mm -hmm. guard, as you mentioned, um, are very supportive of Family House. But we all know that in order to be fiscally sustainable and thrive, you really have to grow your individual giving Mm -hmm. sector. And the foundations want to see you do that. So by doing that, you're only going to garner more support from them as well because it it builds confidence in the organization. Mm -hmm. So that's a big push for us is to really – get the word out about who we are and what we do, and therefore encourage people to support our mission. So we've already started to see some growth there with some of the efforts that we've put into place. And and it's all about communication and education. It really is.
1: So how can people find out more about Family House and the work that you're doing? Our
2: website is familyhouse.org. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um... So you'll see us a lot on social media. And this year, we're excited. We've got some new branding coming up too. So keep keep your eyes peeled because you'll see what we're up to. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think it's That's great ready. the work that you're
1: doing in the community. Oh and you. the work that Family House has, it's got quite a legacy. Oh, and yeah. it's just a needed service in any community, but especially Pittsburgh. Yeah.
2: It really is. And I'll just add one more one more mm-hmm. note. And that is our volunteer program. I've been, in, as I said, in the nonprofit se- sector for 30 years. Since I was 12. Exactly. Um, And I've never seen such a robust volunteer and and just driven, you know, group of volunteers like I see at Family House. So 50% of the house operations is done by a volunteer. Wow. So we have about 100 house volunteers, and a house volunteer comes in... And they, they interact with the guests and they get so much out of it. And they set up their rooms for them and provide linens to them mm-hmm. and just to help answer questions for them, help direct them if they want to go to a restaurant and that sort of thing. Um, and then we've got group volunteers who come into the houses and prepare meals for our guests. And they find it, it's so great. Our guests tell us all the time, you know, I've been in the hospital all day, to walk in here and have mm-hmm. it smell like home Aww, is wonderful. Nice. So we're always looking for more volunteers as well. And I had a, I had a funder say to me recently, um, I was giving a tour and, and we were talking about how Pitt students, CMU students, Chatham students, we have all these groups of students that volunteer for us. And he said, you are cultivating the next generation mm-hmm. of philanthropic volunteers. And I was like, Let's you know it. what? Can I write that? But it's true. Awesome. And it's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. you know, while we don't directly serve people who live in Pittsburgh, we, we get so much gratification out of serving those that we do who need us the most, yes. but also we are so involved, entrenched because of our volunteer program as well.
1: Yeah. Well, and also I think it's just a testament to Pittsburgh is a generous city and a generous yeah. town and the fact that Amen. so many people love to give back to people from their own communities, but also people coming from other parts of the right. country. And They care right. about what they people care. think about Pittsburgh. They do. They, they do. want to make sure they're welcome. They yeah. do. There is that sense of home, like you said. Yeah. So. To that I'm proud. Yeah, there is sure. something really to be said about that, and it's a great city to be in. So thank you so yeah. much for being here we with all us. Need, we always
0: joke about how we need an applause track. I feel like oh, right now would be the time for it too. Oh, I like that, <laughs> Jennifer. Thanks so much <laughs> thank for coming you. on and talking it's about it's Great, my pleasure. I appreciate you. it. Great having you <laughs> too.